And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. The Athletic. The only way to score is, of course, to play uh, with a handbrake off. Hello, I'm Ian Stone. This is Handbrake Off, the Arsenal podcast brought to you by The Athletic. It is the last podcast of this splendid season. We've come back to the Highbury Barn uh, to try and make sense of what we've been watching since. feels like about a thousand years ago. But anyway, since last August, uh, I'm here with Amy Lawrence, Adrian Clark, and Art De Roche. Hello. Hello, guys. Hello. Hiya. Hello. Well, how, how exciting. Um, as we were saying, we're in the Highbury Barn. Um, we thought we'd ask who you'd like to toast <laughs> this season. And we're going to do all of them after we finish recording the podcast after, uh, with alcohol. But right now, uh, who would you like to toast? Oh, I'm going to come to you first. Mine's a bit of a, I guess, left decision, I guess. Um, and I'm going to go for Gabriel in defence. I just feel like this season in particular, you've seen someone whose influence has really grown in the team. And also, I think, just someone who's become a lot more mature and has been able to be reliable for a lot of the year. So Yeah, he's been um, there, hasn't he? And he's played every game, been fairly consistent. Um, and, yeah, I think he's my toast for the season. Yeah. Uh, here's to Gabrielle, everyone. <laughs> here's to Gabrielle. Well done, we should Gabby. clink yeah. at well this point. Gabby. Well yeah. done, big Gabby. Well done, big Gabby. He did. There were, there were games, weren't there, when he looked like he'd been through it. Yeah. You know, you remember at the end of Terminator when Arnold Schwarzenegger goes, I need a vacation. Do you remember this? <laughs> and he's all, like, messed up. I sort of feel like Gabrielle had a, that look. Sometimes. A lot on the away days, I think. Yeah. Leeds, Tottenham, Villa as well. Fantastic. He stepped up, yeah. didn't he? What in, those, in those tough away games, he definitely showed a bit of uh, bit of balls. He did. Yeah. Yes. I, I, yes. No other, <laughs> you could say cojones. This is a family show, but it was balls, is what it was. Uh, Amy, <laughs> that seems like the right time to bring you in. <laughs> Who would you like to toast well, just, this season? Just first, I want to toast our absent friend, James. Of who course, probably yeah. uh, nice. would have been here, but uh, was celebrating and is enjoying the birth of his child this season. He's much missed. Um, <laughs> sure, he's uh, having a great time not <laughs> hanging out with the likes of us. Um, but from an Arsenal perspective, um, tough because there's so many contenders that you would like to say that extra special thank you to. But... Uh, I'm going to use some tequila for my toast, so that probably gives the game away. <laughs> Have we got a Mexican player? And, uh, <laughs> no, oh, I see what you mean. Um, not your best, uh, Stoney, but anyway. <laughs> oh, um, <laughs> oh, oh, my Shots goodness. <laughs> uh, okay. but I think that, especially thinking back to the beginning of the season, the sort of, uh, this sudden arrival of this mega talent, who I think some of us were a bit worried we might never see because of the way that the first uh, two, three years had been loans and there'd been a few misunderstandings. Um, and the, the kind of instant 
connection and love between him and the fans was uh, was a real big part of that greater sense of connection that everybody's enjoyed this season. But there was something very liberating about uh, essentially a quite silly song. Um, and I think at the beginning he was like, what is going on here? And then really it, it, was, a, it was a big part of him, I think, feeling that that this Arsenal thing was like was worth waiting for just imagine um, though for the rest of his life I know. whenever he bumps into yeah, it like, yeah, he's, he's never going to have to pay for a tequila is he no I think that day at Bournemouth was yeah. like just insane sang it the whole game didn't they literally I think all I could hear for the second half especially was that song and obviously he scored so it's, it takes it up a notch but scored a brilliant goal that right? day in the sun uh, as well I just think that was one of many perfect afternoons um, and you can't really write or predict stuff like that happening so it sounded yeah. like a few of our listeners were in the Emirates yesterday as well there's a few singing <laughs> a few singing the song after yeah. my plea on the last podcast to, to get to wheel it out it was pretty loud towards the end it was great at the end at the end when he walked round well it's pretty important when you you know when injured players Adrian will know it is very hard to feel like it, you're part of it in the same way it just is you're not quite on the same schedules. You're kind of in, but you're not. Um, I think it's always a tough thing for an important player to have a prolonged absence. And, uh, yeah, to have that sort of feeling of, like, a reminder for him of how brilliant it all is. But this guy literally turned up and it, he felt like a transformative player. And that's why I thought he deserved an extra toast because felt like he changed the way we played, you know, to have that calmness, to have that pe- recovery pace to enable Ben White to have this partnership with Saka, which kind of happens because of Saliba's there, and to click with Gabriel in the way that he did and allow Arsenal to play a kind of more compressed, more high line. It's, it's such a great feeling with the defender to have, feel very, very confident in them. And that's what Amazing. I think everybody felt extremely quickly. So, yeah, a, a, a phenomenal talent and long may he stay. William Saliba. Cheers, William. <laughs> William Saliba. Uh, Adrian, what are you having? Who are you having? I would like to toast uh, Ben White, first of all, because he's recently got married, which is tremendous news for, for him mid-season. It doesn't happen very often, does it? Low-key affair. Um, but, yeah, congratulations to him and the new Mrs. White on that. But I think... It was a real test of character for Ben White at the start of the season because of Saliba's arrival, because he was so good in pre-season, it effectively lost his spot. And and it took us all by surprise to see Mikel put him at right back. And a lot of players might have turned their nose up at that or thought, well, hang on, what's, what's going on here? I'm a centre-half. Um, but he embraced it and became one of the very best right-backs in the league. There's no doubt about that. He was absolutely brilliant. And the combination with Bukayo Saka was a joy to behold. And, and you know, I, I felt a little bit sad that it was broken up towards the end there, the last couple of games. But, but yeah, I think Ben White has been an absolute unsung hero. And remember, of course, he had to go, come, he came home from the World Cup. We don't, we don't know what happened there. We don't know what happened. Um, a lot of rumour. But it, whatever it was, it was a disappointment. It wasn't a great situation, but he didn't let it affect him. He continued his excellent performances. And I'd like, like to toast Ben or Benjamin. Marvellous. Ben White, everyone. Ben White. Benjamin, what, Benjamin. what Benjamin White. What a player. And, uh, and hats off to the trolling of anyone who doesn't kick the ball directly to him for a free kick. It's absolutely fantastic. His response to interviews as well, Amy. We're, we're, the disdain yeah. that he has. You've got to admire that, Amy, right? I, I, I like it a lot. 
Yeah. Although <laughs> I'm not someone who has to interview him very often, so uh, so I can admire it from a distance. <laughs> all right, and I'm who's yours? Who's your toasty? I'm toasting all the rest. <laughs> well, is I was that ca- fair enough? Well, because yeah, because I was thinking how interesting it is that in a season where Arsenal have scored the second most goals since God knows how 1964. long. Mm-hmm. There you go. Mm-hmm. And that was 42 games a season, wasn't it? So the, the three of us all chose defenders. When <laughs> so, yes, I think we need to definitely make I sure mean, we chose all those. I mean, those. Gabriel Jesus was incredible, particularly in the early part of the season. Gabriel, all of them, all of them. So I just, the rest. Can we hear it for the rest? <laughs> yeah, well done, the uh, rest. Everyone. <laughs> uh, we've actually basically asked you guys, uh, you guys, listener, to, uh, to send in some questions. We had an excellent response and we will talk, we will answer some of those questions through uh, the podcast. Um, we did ask for players of the season uh, as well. I know our Adrian, we did this Thursday, mm. but I just, can we reiterate who your player of the season? Adrian, who's your player uh, of the season? Mine's Martin Erdegaard, yeah. Oh, um, how, and know, how good was he yesterday? It's just, it's just so smooth. Just, so just smooth. A, but it's the selflessness of, it, of his work rate as much as the sort of guile uh, that I love. And, and look, 15 goals from his position, seven assists. It's a tremendous return. He's, doub- he's basically doubled his goal count. He's doubled his assist count. And, um, and at the end of the game yesterday... I um, I went into the I went down the tunnel. We interviewed Aaron Ramsdale, which was brilliant. Went down the tunnel into the lift up to sort of club level. And who gets in the lift with us? But a fully kitted out Martin Erdegaard with his girlfriend or wife, I'm not sure. Um, full kit, bottle of beer in the lift with us at the last game of the season. It was just tremendous. I wanted to sort of take one of those knobheads that sort of um, takes a photo at the moment, but I didn't. <laughs> But I just wanted to have a quick chat. We had a quick chat and it was all very good and he was happy and he was he said and City lost as well. Can't believe it. Oh, so yeah. yeah. But it was it was one of those surreal moments where you just thought I'm with the captain, probably our player of the year, full kit, bottle of beer in hand, in a lift. This is never gonna happen again. So I sort of just kinda of wanna, you know, rem- remember that moment. Yeah, well, a photo would have done that. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, I didn't want to be, looked didn't at want to be that guy. <laughs> <laughs> no, fair enough. By the way, how many Erdegaards are there? When all the family comes on, yeah. there are hundreds of Erdegaards <laughs> all wearing shirts with Erdegaard on. I, mean, I wonder how good any of the others are. I mean, it doesn't stand to reason that any of his brothers or cousins or whatever would be as good. You think they might be quite good? Because they probably grew up kicking a ball around. I was thinking I might, get, I might get an Erdegaard shirt and just sneak on there. <laughs> I've, I've already got one. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, fair enough. Um, Art, who was your player um, of the season? My one is staying under wraps for uh, until about Wednesday, I think. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just because I don't want to give it away. It's, I think, as you said with your toast answer, I could give it to anyone. You could. And that's the main, I guess, joy of this season that there are so many candidates and for a lot of different reasons. Um, so for this discussion, I'll say the whole squad um, nice. is my player of the season. Nice. I but, hope that um, fence is comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, loved watching them play this season. And I just think it reminded me of an Arsenal team that I used to watch when I was younger as well. So I think that's, another credit within itself um, and hopefully that continues in the next few seasons and beyond yeah quite and and Wednesday 
listener. <laughs> <laughs> we will find out our player of the season. Even though if you listen back to the podcast, <laughs> you, can, you can hear it on Thursday. But anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, Amy, who's your player of the season? I'm going to plagiarise uh, Bofar <laughs> and uh, Adrian here because, yes, could make many, many cases. But also, if pushed, I'm going to plump for Odegaard. And the main reason for that, I think, is that just that development that he's gone through this season, what he added to what he was providing last season, I think was so kind of radically improved in a variety of different ways. As a leader, he has evolved quite noticeably. You know, I think when he first came, you didn't really see him as the guy who was going to be looking at the crowd, like throwing his arms around, like giving that come on sort of gesture, which he does quite a lot. Obviously, he's very, very communicative on the pitch with his teammates, with the manager and the staff, with the officials. Um, he has developed that side, but just his, you know, his sheer output. We expect from Martinelli and Saka that they're going to score and make goals. They've already, despite their incredibly young ages, shown that that's what they do and that, you know, that's incrementally hopefully going to improve. But from Erdegaard, the leap in terms of his goals and assists, which changed games and, and being the guy who says, I'm going to make it happen rather than I'm just going to try and create something and like someone else will take that responsibility if I create it for them. Uh, showed, I think, and proved to many that he was more than maybe we thought we would even signed. Yeah, I'd agree. Oh. On just, I remember a couple of years ago when Kieran Tierney scored at West Brom and Amy called it a fuck-off kind of goal. <laughs> but it feels like Erdegaard's done so many of those, but they're not just like, oh, I'm going to hit this and see what happens. His technique's always there, and I think he's an Arsenal player. I look at him and see Arsenal, and their own, like, a few players who kind of combine that technique and output, um, and he's very much one of them, so... If I didn't go for who I did go for... <laughs> well, we know it's not Martin Erdegaard, anyway. It, it would have been him. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I, I'm, I'm going to uh, tell people my player of the year on January the 14th, <laughs> 2027, OK? So look out for that. Um, I just think people need to, you know, wait and see. I can't remember who I said, to be honest. I mean, did I say Saliba? I mean, you I did. might have said Saliba, yeah, yeah. I think I said Saliba... Partly because of the, the transformative effect, as Amy was saying, um, uh, that he had the moment he came in, but also for how much we missed him as well. I mean, he was just so immense, and I loved singing the song yesterday. Um, so I'll have uh, William Saliba. But as we've all said, could be anyone. Um, by the way, uh, talking about Martin Erdegaard's improvement, we were, somebody did ask earlier on Twitter about most improved player. I mean, Martin Erdegaard... We remember last year his shooting wasn't that good. He wasn't getting goals. Now it's really improved. Well, he's up there, isn't he? I mean, yeah. I mean, can we have a most uh, improved? Yeah, probably. Um, I think Granite Jacker. <laughs> um, just, I mean, you talk about improved output. I mean, he's obviously playing a di completely different role, so so that that changes things. But but in terms of his uh, finishing prowess, I mean, the numbers are amazing. I think um, I'm right in saying that. Last season, he had 37 touches inside the opposition box. This time around, he's had 112. So that's, that's some difference. We are attacking more, though. 
to be fair, yeah, but, as but, he's, well. he's, but you've got to push yourself yes. to get into the box. He's getting forward, and it, and it was else. and it was alien to him, wasn't it? It wasn't something he did very naturally, um, and he's done it very well. And his finishing has, has been terrific. And even though he wasn't wearing the armband, he was he was an absolute leader within that group, wasn't he? So I, I would go for Granit Xhaka, but but credit to Mikel Arteta and the coaches because I think they've all improved you know pretty much most of them obviously someone like Emil Smith-Rowe hasn't because he hasn't had the opportunities but of the regulars I think they've all got better which is brilliant I think that's a good call isn't it really Granit Xhaka I mean are we I mean as Adrian said they've all improved everyone talks about Guardiola improving players Mikel does that as well do you have a, someone else Amy? well the only person I'd like to also mention on this is Reese Nelson who I think showed this season uh, that he could really contribute in a, in a much more substantial way than previously. You know, previous cameos were a bit light, let's say, um, and every time he's come on, it's looked much more like he means business. And, uh, you know, I think that's he's very much... He's a new contract. Exactly. Yeah. That's the reason behind Arsenal really pushing like hell. Uh, to make sure that, that he, he sticks around a bit longer because, you know, you can see that upward trajectory. And in fairness to Mikel, he has um, spoken about Reese as if this was there and coming for quite some time. So to see it actually uh, beginning to flourish and flower is really, really good. And just on another point, and this is maybe a bit controversial, someone who hasn't, imp- or hasn't had an impact... I've just got this feeling that is like Mikel's next project for a big improvement, and that's Fabio Vieira. And he really hasn't shown it this season. Not at all. But the way that Mikel treats him and regards him, just it'd be interesting to come back, not Wednesday or January, but this time next year, at the end of this, this next season, and see where he is. Yeah. Because I wouldn't be amazed, because I think, Mikel has got this thing that there's something very special in there, but obviously it's not yet come out. Any anything to add to that, Art? Most most improved player? It's a difficult one. Again, I don't want to sit on the fence, so I'll actually name. When's this someone. one coming out? No, no, no. I'll <laughs> I'll say Ben White for a lot of the reasons that yeah, Adrian yeah, yeah. mentioned earlier. Um, it was interesting last year. So in the last couple of seasons, actually, Arteta's trialed a few things towards the end of a season. So last year. It was Xhaka playing a bit further forward. The year before that, it was Partey just playing on his own in midfield. But he also did the Ben White at right-back thing against Chelsea last year when they won 4-2. He played right-back and centre-back in the same game. And um, I remember one of the coaches, I think it's Carlos Cuesta's quoted as saying White's biggest kind of attribute is his ability to learn. And I think we've seen that this season um, because it's... A new role, but he's he looks so natural there that you would think he's been playing there his whole career. So and, and it's and it's a such a different position, isn't it, from yeah. centre half to uh, to you know wing back, right back, whatever. And he's just been absolutely fantastic. So it's a it's a choice, isn't it, between uh, Martin Erdegaard and Ben White? And we've had a couple of Erdegaards, so we'll <laughs> we'll take that goal of the season. Everyone, goal of the season. Quite a lot to choose from. Amy, you've got a big smile on your face just thinking about this. What are you having for goal of the season? It's hard to look beyond Reese. Yeah, yeah. And there really have been some perlers. Because what's going to happen now is Amy's going to talk about every goal. No, I'm really really not. I'm really, really (laughs) not. You're having Reese. And the the, the reason I'm saying that is just 
the demented emotional reaction that it inspired in everyone lucky enough to be at that stadium and probably people watching around the world. You know, every now and again, something comes along that is just stratospheric in terms of where it catapults you to. Uh, and it's, uh, you can't predict it, and it just comes from nowhere, and that was Reese, And it was just a very, very, very beautiful moment for this growing football team. Um, and because it was, you know, it, it was the perfect strike for that situation in that he only had about the size of a football to get it through and with hardly any perimeter space to get it into the net. So it was a perfect hit. And, you know, if you didn't love that, you're making a mistake trying to watch football. Well, completely. I mean, there have been some other great ones, haven't there? But Adrian, I mean, you know, Jorginho scoring off Martinez's well, goal, head. Isn't it? I don't think he could give goal of the <laughs> season. Off <laughs> Martinez's head, oh, no, which it was, was a great yeah, no, it was, moment. It was a great moment. It was one of the moments of the season. And Saka against Man United. I love that. Was, that was that a great goal. goal. It was probably Saka's best goal, wasn't it? Um, I love Saliba's one. Um, at Bournemouth, at you Bournemouth. know, the curler. I yeah. love Partey's in the North London derby, the curler. That was a beauty. There's a couple of team goals that really st- stand out for me. One's Liverpool. The one very early on in the game against Liverpool, we started to move at the left-back position, moved it to the right, and then it ends up with Erdegaard, who splits the defence. Martinelli comes in behind Trent Alexander-Arnold. That was, that was Arsenal at their sort of ferocious best on the counter. That was glorious. And there's another goal that won't make any of the shortlists, but I loved it. It was against West Ham where Ben White flicks it over a defender, goes into Erdegaard, who plays this deaf little touch, doesn't he, into Nketiah, who rolls his man oh, yeah. and spanks it bottom corner. Yeah. That was like one of the best triangles I've seen of the season. Do you know what I mean? I thought yeah. that was an absolute beaut. Yeah, great. Any others? Um, yesterday, actually, Saka's goal. I was, oh. sat, I was oh. sat right behind it. <laughs> so I saw the triangle happen. And I was like, please, please just wrap it far corner. And he did. And um, I, I think also I just mentioned not a goal, but just the football that was played, like the one touch stuff that they were able to do under pressure, I, I thought was unreal. Um, so I give a shout out to just the football itself as well, <laughs> other than just the, just the goals. You know, 88 goals, um, 15 more than the Invincibles. It's phenomenal. You know, it's, a, it's, an, it's an incredible amount of goals in a season. Yeah. And it yeah. wasn't that long ago where really Arsenal was struggling to yeah. get to 50 goals yeah. really in a season. Yeah. It was a real yeah. grind. So yeah. the, the, uh, the scale of improvement there is vast. Having said all that, Reese Nelson against Bournemouth <laughs> was, I mean, look, I, I mean, I know, I, you know, I wasn't there. I had to get out of the car and I ran around the car for 10 minutes on the, on the, on the whole shoulder of the M4 just to... Um, because I thought I can't be driving if this happens and when it happened and it was insane and uh, uh, we're all very happy for it alright we've had a lot of fun if you could change go back and change one moment of the season what would it be I'm going to say it would be uh, William Saliba not getting injured would be my moment of the season if there was some way of of him just not getting hurt against Sporting Lisbon and staying in. I think that would have changed the whole season. And I, that would be mine. Unequivocally, by the way. I mean, there's plenty of others. Because I can, the penalty. So I'm doing what, <laughs> I'm doing what I accused you of doing. <laughs> but 
William Saliba not getting injured. Oh, I'm going to come to you first. Um, for me, it's from the West Ham game, but it's not the penalty. I think that was the moment, I guess, people felt it went. But for me, Thomas Partey giving the ball away against Declan Rice oh. was just so oh. casual. And I feel that moment is what kind of spread across the games after that. Um, yeah. So that was a rough time. Just pass the ball to Kieran Tierney next yeah. time and we'll see where we go from there. Next season, give the ball to Declan Rice all you want, mate. <laughs> <laughs> just not this season. Uh, Adrian? I, I, I think those are, the, those are the two big ones. Yeah, I can't think of any, any, any moments that I would change beyond that. I mean, I would have liked a bit more injury time against Southampton because we would have won that game. <laughs> we would have done, you know, yeah. I think five more minutes and we win that game. Yeah. And, then, and then we put that bit more pressure on Manchester City. I think that would have been very nice because um, it was coming, wasn't it? But yeah. But yeah. Amy, any other moments of the season you would... Do you know, the thing change? that sticks in my mind, the, the, the thing that made me almost fall on the floor the most, like I was felt I was going to actually be a dead parrot or whatever, <laughs> deceased, <laughs> all that. This Arsenal um, fan has ceased to it be. Ceased to be. Exactly. <laughs> uh, the closest I came to ceasing to be was in the final moments of that Liverpool game when we had a three-on-one break. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And Martinelli just got the pass wrong. That's what Alexander said to me yesterday. And because that game was so mad and so much happened in it, there was a chance to win it in the last second. Yeah. (laughs) And I had this thing in my head, because, you know, I've been doing this thing with chunks of games and the way that I was trying to kind of cope with the way the season was going and what, what was needed and different sections. I had built it up so much that if Arsenal could win at Anfield, it was going to yeah, go from coming. there. Yeah, yeah. And I think had, Ars- had Arsenal won that match, but somehow, even against you know various odds, I, agree. I don't think that the subsequent points that got jettisoned would have happened. There would have just been a different vibe in the team. But something about that, that kind of shell shock of the way that game went, I think took a little bit away. Yeah, yeah. I would agree. Uh, um, okay. We got, we got a few others uh, that we want to get through. We're not going to uh, spend too long on each of them. Um, who, who was the signing of the season, by the way? I mean, we got a few. Uh, Jesus, Trossard, Zinchenko, Jorginho, Kivior, even, for his goal yesterday. Who was the signing? Amy, who was the signing of the season? Uh, Zinchenko, I think, for me. Just edging it. Jesus. Yeah, yeah, I would have Jesus myself. I'm, I'm a Zinchenko. All right, 2-2. Two, two. <laughs> yeah. 2-2, yeah. <laughs> two, two, all right. All right. Uh, game of the season. Can we look past Bournemouth at home? I mean, ah, oh, Amy. I'm just going Aston Villa away. Because you were but there. But it's a personal one. <laughs> with so the I was kids. there with my kids. Yeah. And it's one of those I will remember forever. And that genuine hilarity when everybody in the away end realised that that cracker of a shot from Jorginho had majestically ricocheted of Emmy Martinez just made for the funnest sort of last five, <laughs> ten minutes of proper away day lunacy Joy. and yeah, that was that was great. Joy, can I, can I chip in with Newcastle away as well? Oh, that was one of the performances this that season. Yeah. to me, because mm. I, I, the first ten minutes I thought... There's no way they can keep a clean sheet here. There's no way we're keeping them out. The crowd, the noise. And then suddenly it turned and we looked so strong. And, it, and as it turned out, it was the last hurrah, wasn't it? Really. But I genuinely felt proud of them. 
I mean, there's been a lot of times I've felt proud of them this season, but that was definitely one because that is a tough place to go with their game management tactics <laughs> or whatever you want to call it. Uh, Man United at home was great, um, oh, not least because it? it was a high standard game. Like Man U came won there, it? Man U came there in unbelievable form. They did won so many games on the trot, and you could see how much better they were than they used to be. And we went toe to toe with them. We went after them, just attack after attack after attack. And obviously, in the end, after a few twists and turns, we we get the winner in the last minute. That was that was a proper match. Yeah, I'll mention Liverpool at home. It's similar thing where it was I think high quality, wasn't it? Mentally, that was I think probably one of the most important uh, wins of the season, um, just because it made you believe this was something a bit different um so and also there were waves of attacks in that second half so i'll go for liverpool all right we we got to do worst moment of the season <laughs> well amy gave me such a look there but, i mean i i think we should what was the one what was the moment i mean uh, amy i i really hated being embarrassed away at manchester city it was a specialised game with specialised circumstances, but to have gone down the way Arsenal did, being so comprehensively defeated against a team that, you know, Arsenal had led for much of the campaign and ended up five points behind, you, you, you don't really want to get embarrassed. Can I and just that's ask? What I felt. Did you feel slightly better after watching them do almost worse to Real Madrid? who are European royalty, as we know. and, oh, and they It gave it a bit of context, but I mean, I, I, you could also note that Brentford won there this season. You know, what do you want to use as your barometer? I just think Arsenal, to make those next steps, have to make sure that whenever they go out there, it's about what they're thinking about is them and not the opposition. Uh, granted, there was a big difficulty in the middle of the defence that affected the game and it affected everybody. But, you know, I just I just didn't like to go down no, I in agree such a big way. Second half at home to City as well. Because in that first half, we were... We matched every, them, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, every bit matched them. And that was the game, wasn't it? Win at home and then you, you give yourself some massive cushion. Then you, you get that feeling where you don't have to get anything at the Etihad and you might still, might be, still be able to lead the way. And they absolutely bullied us in that second half. As soon as they stepped on the gas and pressed us, we wilted and we, we, you know, we were rushed on the ball. We made bad decisions. We gifted them a couple of really bad goals. And that, I think, gave other teams also a little bit of a clue as to how to, to get at us during yeah. the second half of the season. And, and from there, I don't think it was a coincidence that a lot of the goals we conceded after that match came from turnovers where we lost the ball inside our own half and it came from City in that second half. Any other grim moments we maybe just take a moment for and then never speak of again I think for me it's just all those silly silly goals that were very preventable Aren't, um, but isn't doesn't every team do that no. I mean they do don't they but oh, you've got to make a choice man you've done a lot of answers here that are like oh everybody because right. <laughs> well, there's so many of those silly goals if yeah. I'm being right, honest so which one so really I guess you off? the one is the West Ham one which I already mentioned because Thomas Partey, yeah, or, yeah, because I I can't look at that and view it as something that isn't crucial. So that's the one. All right, um, we've got celebration of the season. I mean, we can all pick one from the Bournemouth game, can't we? <laughs> <laughs> Whichever player we want running off in whatever direction, Williams to leave a message with a corner flag. 
whoever falling on their knee. I mean, it was just fantastic, right? So any of those. Uh, uh, Adrian, who was your breakdown guest of the season, aside from me? Half yourself. <laughs> I don't know. We had some good ones yesterday. We had a stacked show. Roman Kemp was in. He was lovely. Right. Um, so Big Soul came in yesterday, which was Did absolutely he? fantastic. We had Logan Paul. He was trying to get me to say that Tottenham are shit, um, which, was, which was fun at the start of the season. I hope he succeeded. <laughs> they are, though, like, aren't I they? Didn't I didn't dare. I asked him, I think I said this before, I asked him what colour North London was. And he goes, of course it's red. And he says, tell me what you think of Tottenham. And obviously this is live on air. And uh, yeah, I bottled it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> said, not very why? good. It's Arsenal. You got to, you got to, you got to. You can't be rude on there. It's not like here. Can you so, not? I don't think so. Okay, we can be rude on here though. Tottenham are shit, aren't they? I mean, let's be fair. And that is part of the joy of this season as well, isn't it? I mean, Tottenham there's a lot Chelsea of joy have definitely given that oh, extra raise the bar. sprinkling of um, you know flavour. Oh, yeah, yeah, well, it yeah, it's been, yeah. It's been a blast. Uh, yeah, great. Yeah, great season. Lo- loads of great guests. One each, right? One each. Something else about the season that has just made you think this has been something particularly special, right? I mean, I'd like to say the fan connection, which I've just felt. I mean, obviously, we get lots of messages from this podcast. And people have obviously enjoyed listening to us and we really appreciate it. And it's great. But it just feels like a connected club. When Mikel Arteta tried to speak yesterday, people kept singing and, and there was so much joy. And how many people stayed for the lap of appreciation? I mean, pretty much everyone. That speaks of a club which is, to use the words he used in that interview with you a couple of years ago, has got unity. And there is real unity. And, and that has been my feeling really from the start, to be honest. So I think really for me, the fan connection has been just a huge part of the fun this year uh art what about you for me i think it'll be the self-belief that again crosses over from fans to players yeah yeah yeah. um but i just think when they went behind in certain games earlier in the season that there was a calmness about them that almost made you feel comfortable in a way that they were going to come back and they did so often so um, yeah for me it's just the self-belief which I think has made them a different team this season I just think a a big word we've talked a lot about players but for Mikel and his staff you know they work all hours that God sends they feel every detail uh, every little thing that goes right or wrong more deeply and give it more thought than all of us put together um, the change that's been engineered comes very much from, if you like, the uh, the boiler room where they're uh, operating, putting all the fuel in and making sure everything is at the right temperature every day at the training ground to get the effects on a match day. And Mikel, I also think this season, apart from the fact that I think that that increased relationship has taken another step very obviously this season the we've got super mick arteta song is like it's like a um a crowd of religious believers you know in a way rather than you know a kind of respectful appreciation song for your manager at the yeah. moment which when you think about some of the kind of trust the process snarky comments that were very very prevalent not that long ago is a heck of a turnaround in itself and i love the way that mikhail talks to the media and uh, talks about the club and about the team. He's very candid and calm. He's on it. He, do, he, he says things repetitively and interestingly that are um, 
designed to keep that sense of unity very yeah. strong. And there was one moment in particular where, I can't remember, it might have been the Southampton game or the Brighton game, but it came in and it was, it was dark, it was very, yeah, yeah, very yeah. low. And I remember, and somebody said, oh, whatever the question was, about how does he, was he learnt something about his players, how does he feel? And he just turned around and said, I love them more. In moments like this, I love them more. And it was powerful, you know, because not ranting and raving, not blaming. He, I think he, he presents this aura that if they give their all for him, he's got their back. It's a big part of what's been going on to create that kind of it's true. That and that, spirit that, that they have. That effort comes funny, from him. I got an Uber down here today and I said, and he asked me what I was doing. I said I was coming to, to talk about Arsenal. And he goes, how did they get on this season? Did they make an effort for you? Is what he said. <laughs> and I went, they definitely did make an effort. He goes, well, that's, that's enough, isn't it? <laughs> I said, not quite. <laughs> but it was a lot. Adrian, oh, um, look, what I'd about? echo all of the above. Yeah, yeah. but I think... Um, two things the, the, the Emirates Stadium just being inside Emirates Stadium was amazing um, the, with the atmosphere but also also the goals I mean we scored three or more goals in 13 of 19 home matches that is phenomenal um, and, and and the other one is is the two North London derbies where oh. we absolutely <laughs> destroyed them um, and to lay the the, the, the toilet the toilet bowl uh, bogey to rest I think was a particular highlight for me we just went there and owned it and we embarrassed them in their own backyard and and um, I think in both I think if I was looking for performances of the season I think Spurs home Spurs away are in the top three or four for sure I think you've just given yourself an answer to your dilemma about what to say when someone says what do you think of Tottenham you just have to say <laughs> toilet bowl and the rest is inferred and you've not actually said there anything there you go yeah if anyone tries so, to trip know, me up again you, that's where got, I'm going yeah, you're, 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 but <laughs> as we know Tottenham get battered everywhere they, they go. Do, they do. So, uh, uh, okay. Uh, this is Handbrake Off, uh, the Arsenal podcast brought to you by The Athletic. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard it right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask me. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. We were a bit uh, with the handbrake at time. Ian Stone here with Adrian Clark, Amy Lawrence and Art de Roche. And I think James McNicholas in spirit as well uh, for the last uh, handbrake off podcast of this excellent season. Um, Art, got one from Duncan. Um, I plan to read too much into Emil Smith-Rowe and Kieran Tierney being in the new kit picks. Can you please send help? I mean, we were all <laughs> looking for clues when they, when they leave yesterday. We obviously know, or we think we know, that Granite Xhaka is leaving. 
Somebody said that, that Emil Smith-Rowe ran down the tunnel looking a bit. He wasn't as happy. I mean, can you give us some positive vibes, please? I mean, first of all, hi, Duncan. Hi, Duncan. <laughs> hi, Duncan, <laughs> yes. Um, personally, my advice would be find as many distractions as possible um, so you're not thinking about the, I guess, likelihood of a random 22-year-old's future. Um, but... <laughs> If I'm being, um, <laughs> yeah, stop it. Duncan. If I'm being totally serious, um, there's no point worrying that much. And I personally feel that it's been interesting. Amy talking about Mikel Arteta's word selection or word choice. In the last few weeks, he's spoken a lot about needing to get more out of the players he's already got. And I think if you're looking at it, Emil's probably top of that list um, so for me personally obviously people know he's probably like my favourite player in this squad um, so I'm just hoping more than anything that he is one of those players that Mikel wants to kind of help get back on track because we know there's quality in there and when I mentioned Erdegaard being a very Arsenal player Emil's probably the one player who one of two players, Saka obviously being the other, um, that is even more of an Arsenal player. So, um, yeah, just don't worry and and be, I guess, hopeful going into the summer. Yeah, and Kieran Tierney, either of you have any feelings? I mean, I, I mean, I, I don't think know. he might. I think he might leave. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah, just just because being so far away from home when you're out of the team. I said this on the pod the other day, didn't yeah. I? I just think. It would make sense on a lot of levels for him to maybe join the club like Newcastle, where you know he'll play and um, be closer to home. But but look, we'll have to wait and see. I'd be sad to see him go, but as long as we replace him with um, a quality left back, it's, it's fine. Yeah, uh, Adrian. While I've got you, um, it says from Wayne, what position would Adrian play in this team? And we can't say sub or squad player. Okay, <laughs> I wouldn't do that anyway. What position would you? I mean, the thing is, I'd be kit man. Yeah. Yeah, no, 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 no. I mean, the thing is, I've watched. Yeah. I am a sixty-year-old man, right? Yeah. And I've watched this team, and I thought mm. I could look half decent playing for a yeah. team like this because every time you get the ball, you'd have. Ten options. Yeah, and I'm oh, sure like, you'd love to play in a team oh, like this. But what position absolutely, would you? Absolutely, absolutely. Well, look, Wazza, um, he pretty, he's pretty too young to remember me. I was a winger, so um, I was a left or a right winger. So I could e either occupy the Martinelli position or the Saka position. Um, but actually, I think we we didn't really exist then. We we were four four two really when I was here. Uh, and I would have loved to have played in the Erdegaard role. That would have been my, my kind of position because it suits someone that's two-footed, that can sort of, you know, drift around and just try and make things happen. I think that would have been my, my vacation in, in a Mikel Arteta team. Um, yeah, if but only. You'd if take only. any position, if wouldn't only. you, to be fair, <laughs> yeah, in would, this team? I would absolutely love to have played in this team because, it, yeah, it's just um, the, the football's glorious. Uh, Amy, I've got a question for you from Steve. Um, Hi, Amy. I'd really like to know if you think the club needs to do anything to keep the incredible link with the supporters going during the close season. And if necessary, what could they do? Uh, increase links with Block 25 AA, perhaps? <laughs> I mean, well, uh, that, that, that link I is think, there, isn't it? Yeah, I think, hi, Steve. I'd say that these things have to be sort of organic, although the club have obviously put a lot of thought into certain things to um, really kind of create very very strong bonds at the moment 
a lot of it's down to Mikel, a lot of it is down to things like the way they've redecorated the stadium and included the fans in that process. I just think it's absurd to say, but the best way of having good connections between fans and the club is having a team to believe in, players who are likeable, a manager that uh, carries you along, and the rest is just natural. Um, a close season is not easy, but the one good thing about modern football, if you do feel like, oh God, what are we going to do for the next two months? Is that close season has shrunk so much. So even in a um, season like this, where there's no international men's tournament to kind of preoccupy people's summer, the, the, the pre-season games in July are going to come around before you know it. There'll be transfers uh, that will Very get people soon. talking. Yeah. And um, yeah, I think just... I also think it's really nice, particularly after a, a, a good season, to actually be able to bask a little bit and enjoy it. So hopefully everyone uh, on planet Arsenal has themselves a good summer and then feels refreshed and ready to go with even more enthusiasm. Quite. Uh, Twins in France contacted, contacted us. Generally, said uh, he said, uh, Arsenal seem not great at head tennis compared to Liverpool, for example. Time for another speciality coach, perhaps. I mean, I don't know. More importantly... Uh, they did say, please make this pod as long as possible. Don't want this to end. Oh, I mean, nice, that man. is very, very nice. It does lead us on to the last question we're going to take. AFC Lovegrove said, has this season been a success? Obviously, Amy, I can see the way you reacted there. But we didn't win a trophy. But, and we were leading for the longest time without, any when, you know, without winning the title. But I think... The lap of appreciation tells you that, doesn't it? I mean, Art, this season has been one of the most joyous, wondrous things I've ever experienced in my life. I'm not even joking. And that is surely a success. Yeah, I think success is obviously with whatever context anyone wants to put on it. That's the thing. People who want to, I guess, make fun of Arsenal not winning the league are going to do that regardless. Um... But looking at where Arsenal have got to, um, where they've come from, I think you're looking at some a team that, yes, the season is success, but also a team that's on a journey. And again, they're just taking those strides as they come. So um, long may it continue. And Mikhail said yesterday, didn't he, in his speech at the end, when he finally managed to speak, he said, obviously, we want to win trophies. The destination is important, but enjoy the journey. And if you have got that mindset, this season has been an incredible success, has it not? Yeah, I, d I, d yeah I, I do think it's been a, a successful season because because it's been much better than any of us anticipated. Yeah. So I think it's, it's a pretty pretty simple one, if, if I'm honest. Yeah, it's, it's been a great success. But but it doesn't mean that we should be satisfied with, with playing well but not winning. I think the next step is to improve again. And if we improve again, and by that I mean get more than 84 points, we'll have a blooming good chance of winning, winning the title next year. Amy, I mean, anything, of course it has been. A yeah, one word answer for me, that's <laughs> yes, been a success. Yeah, I would, I would say exactly the same thing. Um, but as Mikel said, we reset and we go again. But let's enjoy this for a little bit longer. Um, let's have a song then before we go uh, want to sum up the season Amy I'm coming to you first for this song it's been all about the feels for me this season and I'm going to go with Smokey Robinson and I second that emotion 
So if you feel like love and free, yeah. if you've got that notion, I second that emotion. We all do. Adrian, what are you having? Great shout. At the start of this season, no, at the end, at the end of last season, I wavered a bit. That just the way that we sort of fell apart towards the end. But but that's gone now. Um, and I do believe in the team. And it's another it's another nineties banger from <laughs> from you know Napa ninety five. You know, a lad's holiday, maybe Magaluf ninety four. Uh, it's the Happy Clappers. Uh, I believe it's a great tune, and uh, don't think I'm alone in believing in this team. this table actually uh art what you got i, I feel like mine's gonna seem like kind of harsh and i don't want it to <laughs> come across that way it is inspired by adrian uh as uh, we all are all yeah. the time <laughs> and it's uh katie perry hot and cold <laughs> I'd say Mainly like, hot. Yeah, eight like ninety percent hot. Yeah. Um ten percent cold maybe. But um it's a good song. It's it's a summer kind of song, so I think the vibe of it is fine. And yeah, it's just quite fun and I feel that this season's been very fun. Yeah. So, yeah. It has. Uh I'm having I mean yesterday was just one of the best days. We all sat in the pub afterwards and just toasted the team and how much fun it was and my son came down from Glasgow and sat with all, and, I, and I was watching him sitting with all his Arsenal family our Arsenal family and I generally thought what a lovely day uh, and we've had a lot of them so I'm having Lovely Day by Bill Withers it was and they have been uh, and um, that's it for Handbrake Off for this season uh thank you so much for listening and getting involved and asking us questions and pointing out when we've done something wrong <laughs> which we've had a couple of times mainly me to be honest uh and thanks to everyone who uh took part james who's not here but also thanks to art and thanks to amy and thanks to adrian and our many producers we had <laughs> Jay, Jay did the last few. Adonis did a couple. Was there anyone else? Abby's telling me Jesse did some as well. That's right. And of course to Abby, uh, who's been here with us. Um, thanks for listening. See you in early August. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. 
See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.